Yeah, I'm like Neo now. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. That's Morpheus. Diamond here for Jurassic Views. Another pod, but this time solo. Uh, Zaya sends his greetings to you all, but after uh, a long pod with Lindsay Hamilton that will be released probably Saturday, uh, he decided to take the day off, which you know what? Much needed to take this pod off. So I'll be running solo. Hopefully that's all right with you. Uh, yeah. So, we had a game last night. Uh, I wouldn't say it was our most impressive game. Uh, there were some, some good moments where we could see uh, a strong performance. And, you know, even stretches. Uh, we don't have to say just moments. But stretches of, stretches of this game that were solid. But then there's some, some really problematic uh, stretches. And there were some continuing trends that uh, we'll have to get at. Um, before we get into that, once again, a big thank you to Lindsay Hamilton from TSN joining us. Uh, really a, a privilege, a thrill for Zion and I. Just a sharp, sharp-minded uh, human being. Well-spoken, um, the quality of recording was not the best, unfortunately, yesterday. I'm not a tech whiz. This is just amateur stuff. But uh, that was unfortunate. So hopefully my editing skills <laughs> can, can get an A grade. And you can get uh, at least 35 minutes of, of solid content. So you can hear uh, us banter a bit. But more importantly, hear the really... Uh, well thought out um, answers that that Lindsay gives to our questions, and uh, even even some insights into being a broadcaster for TSN, but but also during a pandemic. Uh, also, a shout out to a friend of mine, Courtney. Courtney, you got your win. We requested the Raptors to win last night. Uh, the TSN. Uh, studio crew, Rod, Sam Mitchell, and Leo guaranteed the victory. I don't know if that was for you, but I'm going to say it was for you that they guaranteed that victory. And uh, we got the victory. Um, last night, however, did not start out like it was going to be a victory. And for me, um, that wasn't the concerning part. It was just a frustrating part. Uh, we're playing uh, an undermanned Cleveland Cavaliers team who's on a back-to-back, who's been traveling from Washington to Tampa on a back-to-back, and we came out and got down 10-2. Now, thankfully, uh, Nick Nurse decided not to take a timeout. Uh, He didn't need to. I think the guys on the floor knew exactly what they needed to do um, prior to that 10-2 deficit, um, and then after they got into the 10-2 deficit. 
They turned it around quickly, uh, made some quick adjustments, became a little more aggressive defensively for sure, and got some easy transition or fast break buckets. And that's been kind of a bread and butter, uh, our, our bread and butter for the Toronto Raptors this season. Uh, while there's been other areas that just haven't had, uh, you know, a real strength this year. And a lot of that is our half-court offense. Um, we just have not looked that sharp. And I think, it, you know, it's a continuity issue. I think, obviously, we, we've pointed out all the, uh, the reasons for a lack of continuity and consistency this year, uh, being in Tampa Bay during the pandemic. But uh, luckily, we have that to lean back on, especially against a weaker team in the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, they had Colin Sexton, probably their best player, was out last night. And Larry Nance Jr., who's probably a top eight guy out of the lineup. Sure, we didn't have Gary Trent, who's probably our sixth, sixth man, and, and Chris Boucher, our seventh man. Uh, we missed them for sure in last night's game. But for me, uh, a growing concern is how are we going to get buckets in the half court? And when we play in big games with big moments and strong defensive teams, this has been a weakness of ours. And for me, one of the things that I was uh, frustrated with last night is there was no one on the court that could cover Pascal Siakam. This was not the New York Knicks who are physical, who are big, uh, and who are defensive first. Um, this was a Cleveland Cavaliers team that had literally no one who could cover Pascal Siakam. I think they had uh, Osman on him to start the game. You got to give him the ball. Get him the ball early. Feed him often. Uh, make the game simple. And last night, what was frustrating is... We didn't execute well. We didn't come out with a lot of purpose uh, in our half court. And then we just didn't do simple things and look for those mismatches. Thankfully, after the Cleveland Cavaliers called a timeout, uh, when the Raptors won a 6-0 run to go from 10-2 to 10-8, to to uh, Kyle and Ken Birch had a little pick-and-roll game going. Again, that's a bread-and-butter staple. If Kyle Lowry's got a sure-handed athletic center, uh, he can make those easy plays. I would argue that he could also do that with OG. Kevin Love was on OG last night. Could have easily done pick and roll early and often. Um, Kyle and OG, they didn't. Um, I'm not sure why not. Uh, I think Fred Van Vliet is very capable of running a pick and roll. I don't think that's his best uh, part of his game. I think actually Malachi... Uh, has a stronger pick-and-roll game. Uh, obviously, he's still learning, um, but I think that Malachi, um, he, as he's developing it, it looks to me like his potential, his ceiling is going to be that. Uh, that's gr something that's greater than Fred Van Vliet's pick-and-roll game right now. But, you know, Freddie could have done that with Pascal or OG very easily, even Ken Birch. But... You know, great that uh, Kyle and Kem went to that. I think uh, another frustrating thing, speaking of Freddie and Kyle, is that this is another game where Kyle Lowry has not looked good offensively. 
Um, forget the transition fast court, uh, fast break game. Uh, Kyle is not offensively from a shooting, a scoring standpoint, look great. Um, I'm trying to think of the last game where he would have played and scored 20 points. Uh, we got to go back maybe to March. I'm not sure if he did it in that Denver game. But uh, I definitely remember him him having a great game both in the half court and just from a scoring perspective against Brooklyn when we played them in Brooklyn. That's a long ways back. Uh, that was in February for sure. Um so that's just something, you know, if, if we're going to win big games, like we got a game against Brooklyn tonight, um, who are hungry, who probably want to get that number one seed, uh, whether they put uh, their foot to the floor to get it, I'm not sure. Uh, they're a game up on the 76ers, but they're going to score in the half court. And if they score, they're going to get set up to be able to play defense. And this is something that, uh, Toronto's got to be really good as a team, but Kyle Lowry's got to be better. His three-point shooting has looked uh, awful, um, almost non-existent, really. He's shooting threes, but he's not making many threes. In fact, in the first half of that game yesterday, Fred Van Vliet was the only one to hit a three-point shot. I think the Raptors were something like, one of 13 or one of 14 last night in the first half. Now they turned it around and uh, we're about eight of 16, eight of 17 uh, to finish the game. But uh, it, there was the, the shooting from, from behind the arc has looked miserable from Kyle and streaky at best from the Raptors. Now they did shoot the three ball fairly well against the Knicks. Uh, but they've had some other games where they've definitely struggled from behind the arc, and they're gonna they're gonna have to fix that. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. the last couple games has not shot the three ball well. He'll play tonight. Uh, let's hope that he uh, has a has a great shooting night uh, to keep us competitive against the Brooklyn Nets. But yeah, just you know those those kind of trends uh, when you talk about being able to win big games to get into the play-in, forget playing in the play-in games and then the playoffs, uh, just to get to the plan, you're going to have to be able to score in the half court. And I'm, my guess is, this is what Zaya told me as well last night when I was uh, airing my frustrations to him, is that they're still working out uh, some of those kinks. Uh, they're, they're working out some of the, uh, you know, the you know, the lack of continuity is being worked out. Uh, you know, they've had more practices. They probably looked at last night's game as a game that they could work on some of their weak points. Um, but I just didn't see, um, I didn't see a lot of, of positives from their half-court offense. They, they did improve in the second half. They improved after that start. Um, yeah, but the half court offense, Kyle Lowry's offense, Kyle Lowry's three point shooting, uh, it's not looking great. Here's the other growing trend. And again, I know that Gary Trent Jr. and Chris Boucher were not on, uh, that bench unit that is 
uh, and, and they are their two best players on that bench unit. But the bench came out and were equally as bad as Kyle Lowry's three-point shooting. And instead of being up 10, 12, 15 points, uh, you know, halfway through the second quarter, uh, the game was tied. Again, we're playing a short-handed Cleveland Cavaliers team who are on a back-to-back traveling from Washington to Tampa, and the game is tied. Um, This was a game we should have sat Kyle and Fred in the fourth quarter completely, and we weren't able to because our bench looked awful. Now, Freddie Gillespie, um, you know, maybe he had some beginner's luck in that first uh, 10-day contract. I still think he's great. A great guy to keep, a great find, especially at this point in the season. Um, he, he's had some struggle moments. I'm glad to see him hit some free throws. Uh, but yeah, th- this was a struggle. Uh, our second unit was a struggle. Now, Yuta Watanabe hit a couple buckets on in that zone. They, Cleveland Cavaliers went to his zone. I'm not sure if it frustrated us or made it more difficult on us. Um, I, I just don't think we executed or looked great out there. Stanley Johnson got minutes. Rodney Hood was back from injury. And, you know, I've never played an NBA game before. I certainly haven't played an NBA game uh, in the new era of NBA. Uh, I never played at the university level, um, even though uh, I had opportunities. So I, I have never gone through the pace, face the length of the NBA. I'm also not six seven six eight like Rodney Hood, coming off the bench, but I would imagine that a guy of his caliber who's made the NBA, who's even started on some teams, can at least go out and know how to play against a zone. And last night in that second quarter, it was dreadful. Uh, It looked like a G League team versus an NBA team. And we were the G League team, our second unit. It looked like a college team versus a pro team. And we were the college team with that second unit. And, and that's really disheartening um, because I thought when uh, Freddie Gillespie had shown in that first 10 day contract, how strong he can play, especially on the defensive end. And I thought, you know, with Malachi's improvement, getting more minutes that he might be uh, able to step at a high level and have a consistency about him. Um, but he just didn't look like it. Now, in respect to Malachi, big turnaround in the second half. And I got to give props to Malachi Flynn. He played a great second half and he was rewarded with more minutes. Really important minutes. Uh, the game was kind of there for the picking. Uh, either team could have had an advantage going into the fourth quarter. But Malachi made big plays at the end of the third and start of the fourth and really gave us that... Uh, distance, uh, that space that we needed against the Cavs, gave us some comfort. And then this, when the starters came in, uh, they put the game away, getting up 16, 17 points. Um, but, you know, Yuta Watanabe was, was okay. He played a solid game. Rodney Hood and Stanley Johnson were bad. Bembry just coming back from injury. Again, I'm sure that's a difficult thing. But when you miss layups and you turn over the ball in the half court by just throwing away, uh, 
you know, poor, poor passes, like not seeing the floor well, uh, when there's no real pressure on you. Uh, I, I was really surprised, really, uh, discouraged, uh, by that. Now, at the end of the day, big picture, you look at this game start to finish. This was simple mathematics. This was, uh, elementary kind of stuff. And the Raptors figured that out. Um, the Cleveland Cavaliers were by far the weaker team on paper going into this game. They were by far, uh, the team that, uh, had the deck stacked against them with it being a back-to-back game on the road without Sexton and Larry Nance Jr. Um, and so, you know, the Raptors were able to crank it up a bit. Uh, OG played tougher defense. Pascal had a, a really solid game. Uh, Kyle Lowry had 10 assists. I think as a team, they had 32 assists, which was one more than that New York Knicks loss. Uh, so again, they're moving the ball well, which is great. Uh, and Malachi Flynn, like I said, much improved uh, second half. And and he was able to, you know, have a decent showing both st- statistically, but but in critical moments for him as a bench player uh, and giving us that space and, and just further confidence uh, and really taking away the confidence and the legs from Cleveland who, you know, weren't going to have it, uh, the energy to come back in the fourth if they were down 10, 12 points. Um, so that was good to see. Um, in other games, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers played the Washington Wizards uh, the night before. And they almost did us a huge favor by beating the Wizards. It's a very close game. Uh, Washington was actually losing to the Cavs in the last two minutes at one point and then uh, put it away. But Cleveland played them very strong. Now, last night, uh, Washington didn't have the same luck, didn't have the same success. Despite Bradley Beal having 45 points last night, DeMar DeRozan and San Antonio Spurs executed marvelously in the half court, had guys who hit the mid-range like DeMar and, and Mr. Murray, and they they beat Washington on their floor. Now, Washington, again, played a back-to-back uh, like we will tonight, and uh, so that was, that was tough. The game went to overtime, so I'm sure it was even more difficult to try and get a win against a solid San Antonio Spurs team. Um, but thank you to DeMar, to Popovich, and to the rest of the Spurs because now we're only one game back of the Washington Wizards. And we've got a really, really difficult uh, schedule coming up in the next five games. But before we get there, uh, I just want to go back to something that I mentioned with our half-court offense, but specifically something that I saw in the San Antonio Spurs that is really lacking from our team. And that's a mid-range jump shot. That mid-range game where, you know, that DeMar was excellent at, uh, that Kawhi Leonard was, you know, as good as they get in the mid-range game. Uh, You know, I've heard both of them be called mid-range gods, uh, similarly to, uh, you know, Kyle Lowry and uh, Chris Paul being called point gods. Uh, And we just don't have that guy. 
Pascal has had some moments, some games, uh, where he's been hitting that mid-range shot. Against San Antonio, I remember him having a good mid-range game. Uh, You know, OG's worked on it, uh, but but hasn't shown it. Um, Fred has had little flashes where he's hit a couple. Um, Kyle's had a, a couple games where he's hit some floaters in the lane, maybe six, seven feet out. He has that, uh, you know, um, almost pet shot uh, where he drives to the right. He turns back to his left and fades away from maybe about a 12-foot range. Uh, He did that last year in the playoffs against Boston. Um but but it's it's limited. Our mid-range game is limited. And when I look at teams uh, like the Nets, when I look at teams like the Celtics, the Heat, uh, again, San Antonio, Washington even, uh, these are teams who have guys who can hit that mid-range game. Yes, you need to space the floor and have the three-point game. Yes, you need to have your big guys control the glass like a Clint Compella does. But you need guys who can hit mid-range shots. And if there's a knock against the Raptors and, uh, you know, a reason, a further reason for my hesitancy to put the Bitcoin down, which I'm not going to do uh, again today... Uh, it's because we don't have a guy who can hit mid-range jump shots consistently. And we're going to watch tonight with Kyrie and uh, KD, two of the best mid-range players, uh, just shot creators and scorers in general as well. But mid-range uh, you know, success, two of the best guys and maybe you know the one of the best teams, certainly in the Eastern Conference, to have two high-level guys who can make that mid-range. Um, I'm really worried, uh, personally, uh, about our chances because uh, of that fact. So the trend of Kyle Lowry um, missing threes, the trend of not being able to execute well in, in the half court and see mismatches and do simple things, um, and then that lack of mid-range shooter and scorer uh, leads me to believe that this schedule, this next five games is going to be painful um, for the Raptors. Uh, I was reading today, I think from William Liu, uh, although it could have been Alex Wong, who said, we're about to go on a death tour. Um, and this this could be it. This is the stretch of games that could put a stake into the heart of Raptors fans and, and, and our chances to make the playoffs. We go Brooklyn in Tampa before going on to the West uh, on a West uh, Western Conference trip for four games. We play Denver, Utah, and then both L.A.'s. That is not easy. As, as someone said, it is a death tour. And... If we could win two of the next five games, I think we're still in the conversation uh, for that plan, knowing what uh, the schedule is for the Wizards and for the Bulls. But I'm not holding my breath. 
I don't even know, to be honest, if we beat Brooklyn tonight, if I'm going to put the Bitcoin down. Now, Zaya uh, has, is, is staying strong. He is staying confident in his bet. But more importantly, the Raptors' ability to be successful uh, in the last 11 games of the season. Now, I think he's looking at the second half of these 11 games more than he's looking at the first five games. Do I think we could get a win in Denver with, with them not having Jamal Murray? I think it's possible. I don't know if I'd call it a winnable game. Do I think that we could beat Utah uh, when they don't have Donovan Mitchell? I think that's probably our best game. Our, our, our best chance to win a game in the next five is in Utah, partly because they match up with us. Sorry, we match up with them fairly well. Um, they're not a mid-range, uh, a great mid-range team, um, which is, is good for us. That's, a, that's a, a benefit for us. But without Donovan Mitchell, they don't have that uh, like flat-out superstar score. Um, sorry, Mike Conley, I'm not going to give you uh, that boost. And Jordan Clarkson, you're great, but there's a reason why you're a sixth man and not a starter. Um, so I think the Utah game is probably our best. Now, of these five games besides Utah, is there any game we could sneak out? Um, if there was going to be a game we could sneak out, I would say uh, we could sneak out that Denver game. Um, and I think it's possible because, uh, A, Jamal Murray's not there. Uh, but also they're a team that doesn't rely heavily on speed. Michael Porter Jr. is not a great defensive player. Uh, Jokic is a great help defender. But one-on-one, if he's pulled back, especially if there's a smaller lineup like they faced the first time they played us, if we're shooting the ball well, which, you know, is we're streaky, so we might have a, a good game that night, uh, we might be able to, to pull off that win. So a winnable game is against Utah, although tough. Uh, a second game that we might be able to win where there's some things in our favor still have to play well in that game is Denver. Um, So I think we have to win two of the next five. If we're going to have any chance to, to get into the plan again, that's just a chance. I'm not saying if, if we go two and three, we're going to get into the plan. That's just a chance. Um, So it's tough folks. I don't know how you're feeling, uh, feel free to send us messages on, on Twitter, um, whether in our DMs, but we'd love a tweet as well. But tell us what you think. Tell us, do you think we have a shot uh, at this plan? Do we have a shot at winning two of the five next games? What are your thoughts on this uh, quote-unquote death tour uh, that we're about to go on? Hope you guys are doing well. Uh Great to have your support as always and uh, really looking forward to uh, reuniting with uh, my teammate Zaya Kuyana tomorrow. Until then, peace.